We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, this is Stephen Hagelin, the host of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting our show. As you know, football season is right around the corner and we could not be more excited. Gone are the days of the dog days of summer where we're talking about breakout chargers and off-season hype and potential Aaron Rodgers trades and the days of the actual football season, the actual nitty-gritty of the Chargers year is upon us. What's also upon us is the return of gambling on your favorite football teams. Of course, you can gamble on other teams as well, but that is your right. We are so proud to announce that we have reached a new partnership with Busser Sportsbook. They are the official sportsbook of the Guilty as Charged podcast. And if you use our link and promo code BUSR.com slash guilty, promo code NFL100FP, you will be able to get a 100% bonus on your first deposit. Again, that is BUSR.com slash guilty and NFL100FP. So if you feel so inclined on betting on Brandon Staley's Coach of the Year odds, and you place a bet, BUSR will match your bet 100% for your first deposit. This is a huge, huge steal. So we invite everybody to please go and support our new partner, Buster Sportsbook. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the Guilty Discharge podcast. Very happy to be joined today by a special guest, Mr. Al Galdi, who is the host of the Al Galdi podcast, the co-host of the Nas Chat podcast, and uh, a good friend of us because he's a fellow Blue Wire podcast member. So Al, thanks for taking the time to join me. How are you doing today, man? It's great to be with you, man. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, so before we get started really quick, Al actually just interviewed Jeff, uh, Jeff Miller of the LA Times, who we just interviewed. They had a fantastic conversation uh, chatting about the upcoming matchup about the Washington and Chargers game. So go check that out as well. Uh, Fantastic work there. So, Al, I think the rightful place for us to start today is around Ryan Fitzpatrick, because uh, I'm a University of Utah guy. All my listeners are sick of me mentioning that, but... A uh, big Alex Smith fan, and uh, you know, unfortunately had the injury and stuff like that. But I think it's safe to say 
that Ryan Fitzpatrick was a good signing for this team. Feels like he is going to be an upgrade over what they had in 2020. Uh, but how has the integration process been for Ryan Fitzpatrick on the Washington football team? Yeah, I'd say it's been pretty smooth. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're not going to know anything with certainty until the actual games start. But I think the way Ron Rivera views Ryan Fitzpatrick is that he has all of Alex Smith's good qualities and not nearly as many of the bad qualities. And, you know, when okay. I say bad, I mean, it's, you know, Alex as a player. Nobody questions Alex Smith as a person. But the biggest thing that Alex brought to Washington last season, in addition to, you know, the inspirational nature of his story, his professionalism, his leadership, his uh, command of the offense, those types of things. Fitzpatrick has all that. He's been around the NFL right. forever. He is reputed as like one of the great teammates. I mean, Mike Gesicki called Fitzpatrick the greatest teammate that Gesicki has ever had. You know, not that Mike Gesicki is the ultimate judge of leadership, but, you know, you have to really positively impact someone right. for him to say that about you. So I think Fitzpatrick has all those Alex-like qualities. But then, of course, Fitzpatrick also brings to the table an aggressive nature that Alex just doesn't have. You know, that's not Alex's yep. game. And so the fact that Fitzpatrick is a willing downfield thrower of the football, you have a Washington team that made a concerted effort this past offseason to upgrade the receiving core, especially in terms of speed. And the other thing with Fitzpatrick, too, which I don't think he gets enough credit for, he's sneaky mobile. Like, you know, I'm not saying he's right. Lamar Jackson, but he can move a little bit. That was one of the real issues with Alex last year because of what happened with his leg. Alex Smith over eight regular season games totaled three rushing yards. <laughs> you know, it's very, I mean, uh, that's a, that's an incredible total. Like, it's really hard to function in today's NFL with a quarterback who's not a run threat at all. Fitzpatrick at least can move around a little bit. He can scramble a little bit. So I think that's going to benefit Washington this year. Yeah, and obviously, you know, that was a part of Alex's game. And just because of the injury, it wasn't. So that's, um, I think that's spot on there. It, it was pretty clear, in my opinion, that Washington attacked this offseason with the intent to improve their passing game. Obviously, you mentioned what Ryan Fitzpatrick brings as a downfield thrower. Then you have the continued development of Terry McLaurin, who Brandon Staley spoke very highly of the other day. And then you bring in Curtis Samuel. We don't know if he's going to play yet. Um, you also draft Yami Brown. You get Adam Humphreys. So how much do you think this Washington passing offense can improve uh, in Ryan Fitzpatrick's first year in, in Washington? Well, it would be hard to be worse. Uh, Washington's... <laughs> Washington's passing game last year was pretty bad. Uh, Washington was dead last in the NFL in passing offense. DVOA was dead last in the NFL in total team QBR. So, like, basically any advanced thing you looked at, Washington was pretty brutal in, in right. the passing attack. So but that's part of why there is a lot of optimism, at least locally, with the team. And, you know, I'm starting to pick up on some of the national optimism, too. If the quarterback play, if the passing offense is just like league average and the defense is still strong – Washington and what still seems to be a pretty down NFC East can, I think, have a good season. And that, that's kind of what the blueprint is for this coming year. I don't think anybody is under any delusions of Washington, you know, having a Chiefs-like passing attack. But if you can go from being 32nd in the NFL in passing offense to, say, you know, 16th in the NFL, you know, which is a modest goal. But if you can do that, then that's major improvement. And so that's the hope with a guy like Fitzpatrick. Not that he needs to be lights out. But can he just be kind of a league average quarterback, which I think he can be. I mean, it's interesting to me with Fitzpatrick. You could very much argue his best three seasons have been his last three seasons. He's been top yeah. eight in the NFL and QBR each of the last two years. I don't know how many people are aware of that. He's been a top 10 quarterback the last two seasons. So you don't even need him to be that this coming season just to be decent. And to your point about the receiving core, 
Washington beefed it up. And so, you know, we'll see what these guys end up being because a lot of this is more like what these guys could be versus what they have been. Like De'Ami Brown's a rookie, so we don't know if he's great or not. Uh, Adam Humphreys has missed most of the last two or a good chunk of the last two seasons due to injury. So, like, there's a concern with him. Curtis Samuel, we don't know what's going on. He may have suffered a setback with the groin issue on Wednesday, so he may not play. But if these guys do play and if these guys are what we think they can be, then I think the receiving core can be a strength. Yeah, I, I definitely think that as well. A lot of our listeners know that I, I was pretty big on De'Ami Brown coming out. Um, obviously, you know, when the third round came and they picked Josh Palmer, I think a lot of people were surprised because they wanted De'Ami Brown. So um, I think Chargers fans will be interested to see how he pans out. I know a lot of people are are really excited about Antonio Gibson as well. Um, really kind of surprised at how efficiently and effectively he made the switch to a full-time running back. Um, what do you see from Antonio Gibson in his second season this year? Yeah, so there are a lot of expectations for him. He's become kind of an analytics darling. I know he's a big fantasy football darling as well. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I mean, he, he makes the transition to full-time back last season and has a pretty productive season, especially like on a, on a per-carry basis. Like his, his overall counting numbers weren't great, but a lot of the rate stats were. So what the hope is, is that there's more of that growth, you know, that he becomes an even better guy in terms of like patience, in terms of, you know, hole selection, that sort of a thing. He did deal with a turf toe that kind of lingered into the offseason. He suffered the turf toe in December, and it was still kind of an issue come June, and that raised some eyebrows. He seems, though, to be doing okay in that regard. There are two things, though, with Antonio uh, Gibson to be looking at for this coming season. So number one is as much of an accomplished pass catcher as he was at Memphis. He really wasn't thrown to that much last season. The back who got targeted a ton was J.D. McKissick. So uh, that's something that I hope Washington improves upon this year, targeting Antonio Gibson. But the second part is Antonio Gibson the entire year last year uh, in the regular season had 11 third down touches. He was not a third down weapon. And a lot of that had to do with pass protection issues. Again, it was more J.D. McKissick. So I, I would hope that this season for Gibson, they're able to get him on the field more on third downs, able to target him more because it, it, there's just so much more that I think they can be doing with this guy. It, it's It's been interesting this offseason. He has been comped a lot to Christian McCaffrey. And like, that's, yeah. I know that's like a huge thing to say, but uh, Ron Rivera has never been shy about making that comparison. Not that Ron is saying that Gibson already is McCaffrey, but Washington wants to use Gibson in a McCaffrey-like way. And they're clearly trying to tailor what they do with him to what Carolina did with McCaffrey. So uh, there is an expectation that this guy could take a giant step forward this coming season. Again, we got to see it, but uh, he's got the ability. There's no question about that. Well, as a uh, Gibson dynasty owner, that, that little bit was uh, music to my ears for sure. <laughs> um, let's shift over to the defensive side. Obviously, everybody knows about Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Um, what can you say about, like, I know Chase Young made the comment that they want to set the record for most sacks of a duo. What can you say about those two and the others, if you will, on the defensive line for the Washington football team? Yeah, so Montez Sweat initially said it, and then Chase Young okay. kind of backed it up. Um, look, those guys are freaks, Chase Young and Montez <laughs> Sweat. I mean, they are edge rushers. Like, if you were to sculpt them, that's pretty much how you'd sculpt them. You know, they're big, they're strong, they're fast. Um, you know, there are no real like work ethic issues with these guys or anything like that. Uh, each guy ended up being a top 10 edge rusher in terms of overall grade for pro football focus last year. So, you know, the, the, the sky's the limit with these two and hopefully they live up to that hype. Now you got to produce on it, but you know, Washington last right. season made across the board, drastic defensive improvement. It, it was not unlike 
what San Francisco did with Nick Bosa the previous year. That was the hope when Washington took Chase Young, that he could have a Nick Bosa-like impact on Washington's defense. It'll be that rising tide that raises everything up. And that's pretty much what Chase Young ended up doing last year. You really can't judge Chase Young's impact by the traditional numbers. Like, he had seven and a half sacks. That's okay. But his impact went well beyond just the seven and a half sacks. So when you combine the two edge guys with what is, I think, one of the better collection of the interior defensive linemen in the NFL and Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and Matt Ioannidis. And, you know, Washington has a backup defensive tackle and Tim Settle, who's really good and probably would start on a good number of teams. So uh, there is a lot of optimism with this defensive line. You know, I, I think the one thing that is perhaps cause for pause is that Washington's defense got carved up by Brady and the Bucks in the wild card round. So, you know, that, that was a little disappointing. Like, the Washington defense was very good last season, but there's another level it can get to because in the biggest game of the season, the defense came up small. And to be truthful with you, Chase Young did not have a great game in that game. But by and large, the defense was really good last year. And it starts with that defensive line, which is deep and which can rush the passer. And the other thing that Washington did well last year, too, is uh, generated pressure without having to blitz a lot, which is obviously something yeah. you love to see defensively. And these guys can pressure without blitzing, which is huge. And uh, hopefully continues this coming year. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that, you know, Nick Bosa thing, because it really feels like this team has like that 2019 Niners magic up front because you have so many bodies that you can throw out offensive linemen. And it's going to be a huge test for the Chargers offensive line, uh, which, as you discussed with Jeff Miller, is really kind of, you know, working its way together. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one. Um, in terms of elevating their play, I really like the additions that they made with Jamin Davis and William Jackson. Uh, what can you tell our listeners about those two additions and how they've kind of uh, worked their way into the Washington defense? Yeah, so with Jamin Davis, he was drafted to be a three-down linebacker. He wasn't, though, necessarily utilized that way in the preseason. In a good number of nickel packages, the two linebackers on the field did not include Jamin Davis. The two backers on the field were Cole Holcomb and John Bostic. So I think with Jamin Davis, look, they love the guy. I mean, he oozes leadership and oozes right. good character, military background. He's an athletic freak. But it is a bit of a work in progress. So I'm not sure if he's going to have the instant impact that uh, Washington fans want him to have. We'll see. Uh, but it may be that he's a two-down backer to begin the season. So that, that'll be an interesting thing to track. Um, William Jackson, so he dealt with a bit of a leg issue uh, these last few weeks, like a thigh issue. Ron Rivera called it a Charlie horse. I, I don't anticipate that being a problem. But, of course, you, you never know until these guys play. Ron has, has very much taken like a, a Belichickian approach with injuries. He doesn't say much. He doesn't like to talk about them. So you don't really know how hurt a guy is until the game is played. And then you can kind of get a better sense on where the guy is at. But one of the interesting things with William Jackson is, so he excelled really in man coverage with Cincinnati. Washington last season played a lot of zone. The expectation this season is that a lot more man coverage will be employed. Uh, William Jackson has a lot to do with that. Washington spent a uh, third-round pick on uh, Benjamin St. Juice, a, a corner out of Minnesota, oh, who yeah. actually could end up he, he actually could end up being the more impactful defensive rookie as compared to Jamin Davis, at least initially. Washington loves Benjamin St. Juice, and he actually played a role in Washington cutting its top nickel corner from last season, Jimmy Moreland. That was one of the surprise cuts in the cut down to 53. Moreland got cut uh, by Washington. So uh, there's great hope with him. And uh, the belief is that Washington could end up having, you know, a lot more main coverage this year. Those top three corners, Jackson, St. Juice, and Kendall Fuller, 
Um, you know, Washington feels like it can have another good pass defense. We'll see. You know, Washington last season benefited from playing a lot of bad quarterbacks. That that is something that's come up a lot here locally of, okay, the defense was better, but man, Washington lucked out in a lot of ways with facing teams, with bad quarterbacks, facing teams when those teams' quarterbacks were injured. And so I know that's something that is cause for concern. I mean, Justin Herbert was awesome last year. And uh, there are people here, myself included, who wonder, um, is, 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 uh, is Washington's defense not going to get exposed in week one, but going to have some issues? You know, it, it's, it's tough to stop the pass these days, even if you are a great defense. Right. And uh, Herbert's a really good quarterback. So this will be an interesting matchup. It really is. Like, there's so many fascinating storylines. Of course, you know, there's the Slater and Young rematch. There's Justin Herbert versus Chase Young, you know, offensive rookie versus defensive rookie. It's just going to be a really fascinating opener, and I'm glad that they uh, are opening with this game. Um, We'll get your prediction on the game in a second, Uh, but let's talk about the Washington football team as a whole because our partner, uh, Buster Sports, has them and the Dallas Cowboys as the closest division race in terms of odds so what do you make of washington's you know future in terms of repeating as nfc east division champs so there's the thing in the nfc east of no team has won back-to-back nfc east titles since the eagles won three consecutive nfc east titles 2002 through 2004 so it's a weird thing nobody really (laughs) has a great explanation for it other than I mean, I don't think the division's been that great over these last, you know, 15 years. So I think that's probably why no team has been that good. So, you know, if, if you buy into the recent history, you say, well, Washington has no chance of repeating. I do think Washington has a good shot. Um, you know, if we kind of look at, okay, what expectations are, Philadelphia seems to be rebuilding. But, you know, we know how the NFL is. A team may be rebuilding and still could end up doing well. Washington last right. season was, quote, unquote, rebuilding, but the division stunk. And Washington won the division <laughs> at seven and nine. So, but if, if we kind of go by that, we say, all right, Eagles put them off to the side. Giants could be good, but there's a big question mark there. The division seems to be about Washington and Dallas. And if Dak Prescott stays healthy, then I think Dallas has a really good chance of winning the division. But the Cowboys are going with a revamped defense. The Cowboys defense was a mess last season. And there's a, a hope in Washington that, look, Dallas may be better because Dak will play this year. But Dallas may be not good enough to win this division. What it's going to come down to Washington with Washington are, I think, two things. Number one, is the quarterback play appreciably better? Because if it is, then I think Washington's got a good chance uh, to win, say, nine or ten games. And then B, Washington's schedule is backloaded big time in terms of NFC East games. Now, I know a lot of teams have that, but Washington really has that. The last five games for Washington – are all division games. Five of the six division games come oh, wow. at the end of the season. So where is Washington at from a health standpoint late in the season? Where are those other teams at from a health standpoint late in the season? How is Washington playing late in the season? It's a weird deal. And I don't want to say that it doesn't matter what happens with Washington over the first 12 games. But, you know, Washington can, can have a not so great record over 12 games. But you can really make hay over those final five games if you just beat up on your NFC East opponent. So where Washington is at, where those other teams are at come December is going to actually have a lot to do with whether Washington can repeat as division champions. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff there. Um, All right, let's get your prediction now. Vegas and our partner Buster has this as a one point, uh, one point differential, if you will, which is the closest margin of the weekend. Uh, So what is your prediction this weekend for Washington and the Los Angeles Chargers? 
Yeah, I mean, nothing would surprise me. I got a lot of respect for the Chargers, and I don't know, I know that they're kind of this perennial preseason darling that, you know, yeah. does like just enough not to make the playoffs each year. But the Chargers are a really talented team. I think Brandon Staley is going to be a really good coach for you guys. But uh, I'm going to go with Washington because, you know, that is uh, part of, partly a hard pick. I'll, I'll grant you that. But a big thing with Washington is this culture overhaul that the team is in the midst of. The, 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 the team has been a mess for years in terms of culture. Ron Rivera was brought here in large part to try to overhaul that. And I think he's turned this into a more professional, well-prepared operation. So I'm going to trust on that, rest on that. And uh, I'm going to go with Washington winning this game 24-21. But uh, I, I think there's a reason the point spread is so tight. I think these teams are evenly matched. I think there are some uh, similarities between the teams as well. And uh, I think it's going to be close. I'd be really surprised if this is a blowout either way. I, I think this is going to yeah. be a really close game. Yeah, I, I think this is a huge matchup because really – it feels like one of the few this weekend that, like you said, that are evenly matched. So um, really excited about this weekend. I cannot thank you enough for joining us, Chargers fans. If you want some more intel on the Washington football team as the matchup gets closer, make sure to follow Al at Al Igaldi. Al, thank you so much for joining us, man. I really enjoyed it, man. Thank you for having me.